Welcome to Local Exposure, a podcast about music and the greater Cincinnati scene. I'm Jim Nolan. Thanks for listening. The sound of the band Fickle Hellcat is probably best described as vintage indie rock. But the music created by Rachel Maxan, Mike Wiley, and Paul Swayback comes from an enormous universe of influences. Their self-titled debut album has just been released, and I had the opportunity to sit down with lead singer Rachel Maxan to talk about where all these songs came from and how her travels around the globe helped shape her and the songs she writes. My guest today is Rachel Maxan from Fickle Hellcat. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Tell me a little bit about your story. You started in Cincinnati. You came from a very musical family, and then that ended up taking you pretty much all over the world. Right, yeah. So um, so, so I grew up in Loveland, and my mom always sang, like, my dad plays bass, my brother plays piano, my other brother plays guitar. So very musical family. Um, And from there, I went to school at OU for psychology, actually. But Mm. while I was there, I was in a band that I really loved. And that really kind of jump-started everything. And from there, I moved around to, like, Asheville and New Orleans and L.A. Um, and then cruise ships for a good while. So I was based in Australia for a little bit. Wow. Uh, so it's, it's been it's been basically music for, for a while now. Cruise ships for how long? Uh, I've been doing it for three years. What's that um, like? Uh, it's, it's got a lot of upsides, a lot of downsides, uh-huh. like... Um, one of the main downsides being I don't get to see my friends and family too often because I might be out three, six months, eight months at a time. But then, of course, you know, there's the traveling and the saving money and, you know, meeting people around the world. And that's I guess that's kind of how I ended up coming back to Cincinnati was that I found myself really missing home. I was in Australia. My parents came to visit me. And after they left, I just felt so homesick because like oh my gosh like I haven't seen anyone in so long and I decided around that time I had enough songs to make an album and I was thinking like if I'm gonna have to stick anywhere for a certain amount of time it should just be home because I thought about going back to LA and recording it there or other places but you know I thought about it and I was like well my I have great musician friends and I get to hang out with my family and I two birds one stone kind of situation wow so if you had to live anywhere, would it be here? I mean, you, you've experienced so much. You lived in, in like you said, you, you glazed over it quickly, but you said you lived in New Orleans, you've lived in Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, you've kind of... Uh, honestly, if it wasn't for winter, I would probably say I could live in Cincinnati forever. If Cincinnati was placed by a beach, <laughs> like, it would be perfect. Okay. Um, but... I mean, just the last couple of days, I was like, oh my gosh, it's getting cold. Ugh, I don't like this anymore. So, um, but I love it yeah. otherwise. So you came back to Cincinnati and how did you assemble this band? How did you meet up with uh, Mike and Eric? Eric, I knew from um, my band when I went to OU um, and we just kind of kept in touch throughout the years. And then Mike's been my best friend for like 15 years. We went to high school together. We've done a couple different 
you know, random projects together throughout the years. And again, we had always just kept in touch. So when I was thinking about coming home, I was thinking about the musicians I knew that were, you know, one still in Cincinnati and two available. And I would actually want to work with, and I'm like, oh, once again, two birds, one stone. I get to hang out with my friends, get to make music. It just worked out really well. And I'm wondering about maybe your experience, again, on the cruise ship or, or during your other places that you've lived. How did that influence the direction of the band and choosing what has been called vintage indie pop rock? I've always really been into retro music. Uh, anything vintage, I just kind of grew up on it and I really love it. And I think traveling really got me in touch with a lot of different styles. Um, With cruise ships, we have everything from like Broadway type shows to like blues bands to like pop bands to rock bands, especially from different countries Mm. uh, and nationalities, seeing their take on things influenced me. Uh, New Orleans definitely influenced like the, the rocky, jazzier parts of what I do. Um, Asheville got me into country music, of all things. I was singing in Asheville, North Carolina. I started liking country music. And I think the indie part just comes from probably Cincinnati, really. Throughout my teenage and college years, I always liked indie and punk and rock music. So, yeah, I think all of that just meshed together into into vintage indie rock music. (laughs) And we said earlier that you grew up in a very musical family. How many instruments do you play? Um, so I play piano. I play a little bit of hand drum. I I can play some bass. Um, and I, I try to dabble in other things, but those would probably be the ones I'm actually good at. Like, I took piano lessons. I never took guitar lessons, but I took piano lessons growing up. So I'm actually, ironically, kind of better at piano, but <laughs> I just... it. Pianos are heavier to carry around, so yeah, yeah, kind of lean more toward guitar in the long run. So you're playing guitar and singing, Eric's playing drums, and Mike is playing bass. Um, Sort of. So Eric actually is not with us anymore. Um, Artistic differences. Gotcha. I'm doing quotation marks with my hands. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're still friends. Like, he's still my roommate. Uh Uh, It was just one of those things where, like, he wanted to go in a different direction uh, with the styling of music. And I was like, well, this is kind of what I do. Because when we were in a band in Athens, it was like funk Mm. band. It was like funk and rock. And I think he kind of wanted to go that way. And that's not really my style anymore. At least I still like it. It's just not really what I write anymore. And then I was lucky to find Paul Swabeck, who is my bassist roommate and he's in Drop the Sun and a couple other bands and he was available and he loved the music so it just once again I've been extremely fortunate in finding my musicians they just kind of fall in my lap it's great I was reading some articles on your band and and different descriptions and there's one that I really like um, from Lizzie Kibler from the (laughs) uh, Cheviot Gazette yeah says uh Talking about Fickle Hellcat, their music is new and fresh, yet remains to be something you've heard before, even though you can't put your finger on it. And that's that definitely resonates because throughout all the tracks on the album, there's what ten tracks mm-hmm. on the album, really spans the the spectrum of, of influences and genres. Yeah. you can you can sense a, a jazz New Orleans influence. You can sense that uh, maybe pop girl group from uh, Motown kind yeah. of influence. There's a whole lot going on from song to song. Tell me a bit about your songwriting process. Usually something 
something to do with love will probably inspire me. And I try to, even if it's just like a little with my, you know, phone, I'll do like a little, you know, bit of a song and sing it to myself. I try to really catch it in the moment. Then I'll, you know, go back and I very much write the guitar parts as I'm doing the lyrics. I've never been able to do one without the other. Um, so I'll do both at the same time when the inspiration hits. And, you know, some of them, they're like two years is actually inspired by uh, someone else's heartbreak, <laughs> ironically. And then, you know, some of the songs will have been resonating with me for a while. Like, I'll like, think of it and I'm like, oh, it's, it's too much. I can't think about it right now. Like, it's too emotional at the moment. And so I'll write it down and then I'll come back to it later and finish it. But generally, I just try to hit it while the, uh, the emotions are hot and I'm ready to go. Then I'll pick up the guitar and go for it. Because there's so many different sounds on this album, I had a really hard time picking which one I wanted to listen to first. <laughs> I originally had wanted to listen to Boy. Right. Because I really like the sound and the tempo and all the stuff that's going on. It has a very celebrational sound to it. Yeah. But after listening to the album a few times, I finally decided to listen to the song Drinking. Uh, because yeah. Because there's this line about... Uh, what is it? He only loves me when he's drinking. Yeah. And he's drinking all the time. Yeah. And that is just so wonderfully sad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, people do tend to gravitate toward that one, I think, because it's hopefully not to, for too many people, but it is kind of sadly relatable. And even if it's not relatable in that exact way, it's like you can understand wanting to distract yourself or drown yourself from the sorrow of love and not being reciprocated and uh, but that one is based on a true story and it was again one of those like i felt it and then i went back to my room and i wrote it i can't wait to send it to him it's gonna be great Uh, (laughs) (laughs) we're on fairly friendly terms now but uh you know at the time i was like oh it's every time at the bar i was like oh cool you like me now great well yeah. <laughs> is there a bit of that Asheville country? Yes, definitely. That was it, yeah. there was definitely uh I think probably what makes it the saddest song is it's also a very country song where, you know, I love, you know, in country songs it's a story. Yeah. It's uh often a heartbreak story. It's often just like kind of simple and relatable and yeah, that's actually it's funny, it's one of my favorite songs too and people do tend to tend to resonate with it a lot. Well, this is the song Drinking from Fickle Hellcat from their album Fickle Hellcat. Yeah. 
talk to you a bit about the actual creation of the album where were these songs recorded they were all recorded at sweet spot studio with a guy named bill who is absolutely amazing and unfortunately he's retiring uh <laughs> he's like i'll you know record your album because he recorded my single mm. with without and i really loved the way it turned out i loved his uh subtle influences on it his suggestions and just he's very patient um kind guy to work with and i would love to work with him again but he's retiring he's he uh he's gonna go do something else but we would just go in the with the single we did all the instruments separately but mostly for the album we did all the instruments at the same time and then later i would go in and do the vocals but oh gosh recording is such a it's such an interesting process 
I could probably spend just a year in the studio because you hear something and you're like, oh, but maybe if I just added <laughs> that, or like, oh, I was like, well, I kind of want to change that now, which is, you know, which is, I guess, why people keep on, you know, making remixes and stuff like that because it's yeah. like, I hear it later. I'm like, oh, that would have been cool, but like, I need to finish it. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because one impression I got from listening to the album is that it's very clean. Yeah. There's not a lot of effects and post-production and all that experimentation right yeah you leave a lot of it exactly how it came out yeah i wanted to keep it definitely pure and also reflecting what we do live because you know for the most part it's pretty much what we sound like when we are playing any you know gig i feel like that happens a lot with albums where you know you listen to the album and then it'll show up and it's like a few people and it doesn't sound anything like it because it's like well you know they had the violins and they had all these effects and whatnot on the album but i wanted it to be most reflecting us as much as possible so that when we go out and play it's you know what you hear is what's going to be on the cd another thing i failed to ask you about is uh there's horn on this album yes who's playing horns so okay so that oh, that's one of those things where i was like i want to add more people um but <laughs> so my friend zach Ponser, he's in a band called zoo trippin and i again knew him from college and i would love to have a horn player but so far it just hasn't quite happened that way yet but i knew i wanted it on the album so i asked him to come up for a day uh same as my brother ian who did the piano for one of the songs and I was like, if you could just do, you know, whatever, whatever you feel is why um, within these guidelines, uh, you know, and just go for it. And he, he did a fantastic job. Yeah. And uh, if he didn't live in Columbus, I would try to steal him. <laughs> it does add a lot of dimension to the song. And it also, again, brings it back to that sort of New Orleans. Yeah. Sound. There's a bit of that in, in it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just the trumpet appears on what, two, three different songs? Uh, like two songs. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's not expected, and then you hear it, and it's like, oh, yeah, what a nice little treat. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned live shows. Mm -hmm. The CD is out now. Yes. What kind yeah. of shows do you have going on to support this album? Um, so, yeah, we just uh, got off a little, little mini tour. I went to Athens and Columbus, and then we had our opening, actually, in Loveland, which I thought would be quite, uh, quite poetic to do it in my hometown. Yeah. Um, when it all started this week we are going to be playing at Northside Tavern with Rachel Mousy and uh, St. Alban they're an out of town band and then we have a couple more shows for October and November and then we'll be going on a tour in December and then I'm actually going back on cruise ships in January because winter uh, <laughs> did you go back to Australia? no I'll be going I'll actually be, I'm excited I'll be based out of New Orleans oh, cool. uh, and then we'll just be going to like uh a little Bahamas, a little Mexico, uh, Colombia and Costa Rica and just doing that for a few months and then I'll be back in April when it gets a little warmer and playing shows again. <laughs> it's, it's a rough way to, to handle the, the winter. I'm, I Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, thanks for making that sacrifice. <laughs> when you were first talking about your, your travels, you said you came back here and you had an album. Mm -hmm. put together do you have another album already in the works or how many songs I, do you have generating yeah, in that brain there's always so many songs i want to record um yeah there's definitely that probably enough for another album already but you know these things take time and i have to, I have to teach them to the guys and feel solid about them but there's yeah there's definitely only a few songs that will probably be released as singles first um so when i get back in april 
we will if not if not before um i leave uh when we get back in april i'll be recording a single or two uh i'm releasing those and i don't know where because hopefully you know maybe bill will stop being retired but (laughs) (laughs) some studio somewhere i would be you know doing some releases and then we'll probably release some kind of you know, home recordings of cover songs that we just really like doing, uh, that we put our own spin on and we can just, you know, throw that on our YouTube or something. So as we leave, I'm going to let you pick another song from the album that you'd like to listen to. And so which one would you like to listen to? I would like to listen to Everglade. And why? Because it's one of my favorites and, um, it really drives home the vintage indie rock style because it has the, the the castanets. It has like the kind of doo-wop style to it that I really love, as well as the indie rock style. So, of of all the songs, because you know it is a is quite a diverse uh, <laughs> album with all the different styles in it. I feel like that one, yeah, really drives home the vintage indie rock style. Well, this is the song Everglade from Fickle Hellcat from their new album, Fickle Hellcat. Rachel Maxan, thanks for coming by. Thank you.
My thanks to Rachel Maxan from Fickle Hellcat for stopping by. The band's self-titled debut album is available now at any of their upcoming live shows, including appearances at Northside Tavern, Motor Pub, Arnold's, and Lucius Q. For links to more information about the band and their live shows, you can always find links at our headquarters, wvxu.org lx. Local Exposure is a production of Cincinnati Public Radio and 91.7 WVXU. This episode was recorded and produced by me, Jim Nolan. The theme music for this episode is by Scott Holmes and comes from the Free Music Archive. Find out more at freemusicarchive.com. Until next time.